The Disrupt Education vlog can be found on YouTube. To hear it in podcast form, search Disrupt Education on any of the following podcast platforms. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Welcome to this episode of Disrupt Education. I have a very special guest today, The Real Rap with Reynolds. CJ Reynolds is with me today. How are you, buddy? I'm doing awesome, man. Thanks. Great, great. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, and then jump into your educational path, and then we'll get into some juice. Sure. So uh, I teach ninth grade literature and the history of hip-hop in West Philadelphia at an all-boys school there. And I've been teaching, this will be my 15th year in the classroom, which when I first started teaching, that seemed like a lifetime and I thought I'd have it all figured out. But I'm slowly realizing that it is a new, it's a new game every single year that I'm trying to like sort of reinvent in some ways. So um, not a traditional path. Like I didn't like high school. I was a, I was a very good C student and liked my friends more than I liked school. But I got out of high school. I wanted to be uh, a drummer. Then I thought I was going to be a priest. Then I thought I was going to be a clown that traveled the world and saw children in hospitals all over the place. And then somehow teaching ended up being like the culmination of all that stuff. Um, so yeah, my family was uh, much more pleased with me going into education than being a traveling clown. So as as I imagine most families would be. So a lot of a lot of pivots in there, um, all over the place. And then you landed on what was it about teaching that really kind of pulled you in? I think, you know, it was, it was the combination of the, of the other things I wanted to be, right? It was being on stage, essentially, every day, like everyone's focus, hopefully, is on you um, if I'm doing something right. And then it was being able to deeply care. So, like, my, my faith has, like, uh, I spent time in a monastery, and, like, I really love this idea of, like, deeply caring for people on the fringe. And so that was wrapped up in it. And then... I'm just kind of like a jackass by nature. So, you know, being, getting paid to do that and using my humor and my love for kidding around, like all that together is kind of like how I roll in class. I mean, and, and I like reading also, I guess that, that played a part in it too, but like it was just that kind of combination of things that brought it all together. You bring a lot of students into uh, your social media world, which is cool. Um, I follow you on Instagram a lot, uh, the YouTube, uh, do a lot of chats. Tell us a little bit about like how it got to that, right? So you said you're a little bit of a rebel, um, but tell us a little bit about your school first and, and the students in it, and then, and then just the path, some of the one or two great paths that you've seen with, with some students. So I teach uh, in inner city, West Philadelphia. So my student population, we're like 99% African-American. Um, there was, up till last year, there was one Hispanic kid and one Asian kid. And whenever we had to take a picture, like for the paper, we try to look real diverse, but <laughs> it was like not the case. Um, but our students pull from all over the city, right? So it's not just inner city Philadelphia. It's like parents that couldn't get their kids into a private school or didn't want to pay for private school again. So they, we were an alternative to that. So. But the neighborhood in which I teach is, it, it's a rough one. I mean, there's like shootings down the street. Last year, someone was shot outside of my classroom, not a student, but someone from the neighborhood. And, you know, I, part of having students like on YouTube was, was to begin with was 
students laughing at me that I had 10 subscribers on YouTube, right? <laughs> Which I'm fairly certain was like my wife, my grandmother, and my grandmother's friends. I think that those are, those are the, my core group in the beginning. And then showing students, it was a really great lesson in here's how you grow something, right? And so we sort of like joke that like um, this is the first time in my life where like I had to like build something that it was a young man's game. Like there are not like guys our, our age do not exist on YouTube right. unless we're like doing a tech review or something. But it is something that I had to like figure out how to do. I had to figure out how to edit, figure out how to shoot stuff, figure out what was interesting to people or what might be interesting to people. And so what I really did was just create a YouTube channel that I wish existed when I started teaching. And through the growth of that, students saw that like I was gaining subscribers. And when I got to my first hundred, um, I think the biggest student in school had like four or 500 subscribers. And when I passed them, it was like, <laughs> the real deal, bro. Like it's really growing. Then when we got to a thousand, that was huge. We had like a big party in class. It was like such a huge deal to reach a thousand subscribers. And then when like brand deals started coming in and all this stuff started happening, what the biggest, the most exciting thing about that was to be able to live this out in real time in front of my students who've been along the journey. And so where my students kind of came in was one, everyone wants to be on YouTube because they're just like, they're only famous. Um, so they're always in there trying to like make their mark. But for me, it was folks, a, a lot of folks think they know what it looks like or is like to be a young black man in West Philadelphia. And I wanted to sort of change that conversation a little bit, not by me telling everyone how great my students were because I could do that all day long, but like letting them have a platform to tell their own story and to communicate things. Like we, I ask questions from everything from what's something weird that you like to smell of, or like, why do you love your mom? What's something your mom does you love or uh, who's your hero or what do you want to be when you grow up? And those answers are, are much different a lot of times than people think they're going to be. And so that was sort of the impetus to like, content I started making on Instagram and on Facebook. And so last year we did a show on Instagram called big guy, little car, which was me and the big guys I drove home, um, driving home and just the ridiculous stuff they would talk about every day that I'm like, they would have get into arguments about like whether water was wet. And I'm like, this is a real conversation. And so I just was like this, I don't, I don't think people see the side of my students enough because as soon as they hit the street, as soon as your shoes are on the street, it's a different game. Like you the front's on, you got to mm -hmm. like, you got front for the neighborhood. But when you're in the car or in the classroom, it's just nonsense. And it's really something really lovable about it. And really, uh, it changes people's minds about what they think my students are. It, it's so true. Um, I just got done taking my son and two other 14 year olds <laughs> to a baseball game this past weekend. And yeah, the, the conversations are crazy and it makes it entertaining, but it does bring a, a life, uh, a humanistic aspect to it, which is great because, you know, they're, you know how media and everything else, stereotypes, portrayals, racism, all these other things come into play. And, and I think you give a great look um, at that. So with that being said, let's jump to the biggest disrupt education question. And how, how would, if you had the power, or, or you do have the power within your classroom, but systematically, what are, what are one or two big things that you would change about the educational system to basically just improve it uh, in this day and age? I think the biggest thing is that teachers are largely not thought of as professionals, right? And even if we say they are, 
they're not treated as such, right? So like teachers just don't have freedom in the classroom. We are, we give them scripted lesson plans. Everyone in my kid's school with that they were just going to, uh, everyone in my daughter's fourth grade classroom next year at two o'clock on any given day is doing the same thing. Like every single class is doing the same thing. And so we talk about things like no child left behind, but it's really, we're just, the train's moving. And if you don't jump on it, you're, you are left behind. And so that's how we get kids that are in ninth grade that are on a second grade reading level, because there's just not enough resources and teachers are not given the autonomy in the classroom. And so mm-hmm. at my school, I'm really lucky. I have almost complete autonomy in my classroom. I mean, the fact that I teach a class called the history of hip hop, which was designed by me, the curriculum was written by me. I do anything that I want. I have DJs come in and teach kids how to spin old school vinyl. We have African drummers come in and talk about the connection between African music and bass in hip hop. Um, We have, uh, I've had dancers come in. I've gone on trips down to alleyways of Philadelphia to go look at graffiti and talk about symbolism and the history of that and where that all sort of comes from. And then tying that back into lessons, right? Yeah. All of my lessons last year were largely taught either through the lens of Fortnite or Marvel movies, right? That was like most major connections that I made because that's where the students focus is. And so it's not that everyone has to teach through those particular lessons. Maybe your students really like hunting or monster trucks or fishing or auto mechanic, whatever it is, right? Yeah. But it's about giving teachers the freedom to deep dive into the world of their students and then bring back what they've learned to teach through that lens. Because I just think if in high school, if any teacher had ever taught through like if they connected the Odyssey to Star Wars, or if they had talked about simile and metaphor in regards to, I don't know, a, a tribe called Quest song, I would have it would have blown my mind, right? right? And we still don't see this. We're still playing the same old game. Someone said recently, I heard on a podcast or something that um, if Rip Van Winkle was alive today, like if this is the moment that he woke up from and he had been alive a hundred years ago, the public education system is the only thing. That is exactly the same. Yeah. We're still sitting in rows. We're still giving out information, asking students to regurgitate it. We put it under the guise of 21st century education, but it's really not. It is not diversified. It is not inclusive. Um, but if we just trust teachers who are professionals, who love their craft and are passionate about it, it would literally change education. Right. What then, with that autonomy, is there something curriculum-wise that you would focus on differently, or would it would you say it would come through what the students are in at the moment, or or would you tie two things together? I think, with regards to curriculum, I, you know, for my students, I, I think it depends on where you are, and I think it depends on what path your students want to take. We, there's this real big push for college right now, but college degrees have never been more watered down than they are now, um, and so. I just think that college isn't the path for everyone. And in some ways we're setting students up for failure by sending them to college because I have guys that are going to college because they think that's what they're supposed to do. And then they leave and then now they have $20,000 in debt and college was never the move for them anyway, because they wanted to be something else. And so that's really, that's disheartening because now you're just caught up in the system of you have debt. Like now you can't even just go try stuff because you have a $500 check every month that needs to be written. So you have to figure that out. And I just think that that is, that's not the move, you know, and other than that, I think, you know, for my students, it's about like learning 
um, I don't know if this is directly answering your question, but like learning what their story is mm. and how that is connecting to curriculum. Like, what, right. like we don't spend enough time on why we're studying what we're studying. We're studying things because it's going to be on the test because I told you so, because it's important, because you need to know this. And instead saying, no, 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 the hero's journey, the, the odyssey, the hero's journey is the blueprint for every hero movie ever. It is the blueprint, hopefully, for your life, where you are going to go out, have great challenges, and if you weather the storm, you can bring important information back and then better your own community, right? Like, we're not looking at Lord of the Flies or the way that we do algebra or learning chemistry as a way of, like, no, this is actually challenging your mind, right? So when my students, they always like to come in and kind of complain about algebra. Um, <laughs> and then I say, look, you know, I, I don't teach algebra. I'm terrible at math. But my thinking is that... If you do a push-up, you will never use that exact motion for anything. If you get off the floor in a push-up mode, that's just kind of that's kind of weird. Man. So <laughs> you're never gonna do a pull-up like that. Like unless you fall off a cliff, you suddenly hang on, and the last minute you squeeze up, you're never gonna do that, right? But you do the exercise because it strengthens something in you, right? So the chemistry, the biology, the math, even if that's not where your life is headed. It is still learning to exercise your brain in a certain way that is building muscle for something else. It is challenging you in ways that you don't see otherwise. And I don't think we spend enough time like breaking down the why to right. our students. Right. Excellent stuff. Um, where can people find you? I am Real Rap with Reynolds all over the internet. So uh, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Um, no TikTok yet, but you know, <laughs> that's where all the attention is, bro. That might become that might be next year's. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I've tried a little TikTok. It didn't work out very well, but my 11 year old is trying to teach me, so she's she's doing a good job with that. that it's uh, certain things that your kids know better than you, right? Where it's just like, all right, I will take a lesson from you on this one. <laughs> learning learning from our youth is really where it's at, man, and yeah. and I appreciate that. Um, last question: What's the next move for CJ Reynolds? So I just wrote a book um, that should, I don't have a date yet, but I'm hoping this fall that comes out, it's getting put out by uh, uh, Dave Burgess's company. Uh, or, and so, and then I am, I have secret plans that are dropping on August 31st of this month so that I have a big something coming out then. And then um, just trying to get out there and speak as much as I can. I really think that, you know, as much as, work as I put in in the classroom, it is really empowering, even through YouTube, all the 300 plus free videos that I have, the empowerment that goes out to teachers to let them know that they're not alone, that there's other people out there trying to do this as well. So you're sort of building this community of educators instead of this, this old tale of like, it's the one teacher in the school that's going to make all the difference. It's not fun, right? It's not practical and it's not fun. Nobody wants to go to a party by themselves unless you're building like, <laughs> right? You want to like be at a party with a bunch of other awesome people that are doing cool stuff too. And so that's what I'm interested in is like stuff like that, stuff like what you're doing mm -hmm. um, right here, building this community of educators that are like trying to disrupt education together. You have a Sunday night show on YouTube. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, every Sunday night. Um, I, so... In my first few years of teaching, even now, Sunday night is the most terrifying night uh, <laughs> of the week because you're just like, what am I going to do with a student? What am I going to do with this parent? What am I going to do with this lesson? My class was like literally tearing each other limb from limb last week. Like, what do we do with that? And so I created a live show on YouTube, so on Real Rap with Reynolds, 
Um, it is 5 p.m. Eastern time, and you can show up and ask any question that you want. You put it in the in the chat, and it's not you know the fun thing is is it's not just me, right? Like I'll answer any question, but there's stuff I don't have an answer for. Like what do you do with the kid that keeps peeing himself in your kindergarten class, right? Like I don't I don't have an answer for that one, but the community that shows up every single week, tried and true that are in the comments, they share stuff with people. And then if people don't want to do that, they can go to our Facebook group, uh, Real Rap with Ronald's Teacher Talk there. It's a closed group, so you can ask any question you want. And I'd say questions get anywhere from 16 to 32 comments on mm-hmm. every single thing. So it's really like an amazing group of people that I get to be a part of. And it gives folks you know, a place to feel like they can belong, they can go to, they can, it's, it's the cheers of the internet. That's what we're trying to make <laughs> is the cheers of the internet without the alcohol. Exactly. Or maybe a little. So, um, look, man, um, A, I appreciate you so much, CJ. It was a pleasure uh, actually meeting you in Austin at South by Southwest. Hopefully we'll do that again. Um, I know we'll cross paths again uh, sometimes, but uh, I really appreciate what you do. Uh, you are a true disruptor of education. Um, First year teachers out there, one last thing. What's one, and we'll try to keep this to one sentence. What's one thing that you would tell a first year teacher out there that is jumping into education? Because we are right now at the beginning of our school years or they're coming up. Yeah, I think find one kid that thinks they're invisible and let them know that they're visible. The end. That's excellent, man. Thank you so much. If you all want to uh, check out The Real Rap with Reynolds, we'll have all the information up uh, below. Appreciate you being here, my brother. Um, we, we just keep pushing in education and making a difference, and hopefully we'll uh, wake up Rip Van Winkle a little bit later, if you know what I'm saying. I hear you. I hear you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, guys. We'll see you until next time. This is Disrupt Education.